0: Hello, I'm your host, Grayson Brulty. Welcome to another episode of SAE Tomorrow Today, a show about emerging technology and trends and mobility with the leaders and innovators who make it all happen. On today's episode, we're absolutely honored to be joined by Brett Fabry, Kodiak Robotics, Gary McCarthy, Aurora, and Captain Bart Teeter, Texas Highway Patrol. On today's episode, we'll discuss law enforcement interaction with autonomous trucks. We hope you enjoy this episode. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks, Grayson. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you,
0: Grayson. Good to be here. First and foremost, all of you gentlemen have served in law enforcement. Bart, you still serve in law enforcement, so thank you for your service. Law enforcement will play a critical, vital role in the future of autonomy. So I'm looking forward to highlight the the very positive role that law enforcement will play in autonomy today. To kick things off, gentlemen, Brett, Gary, both of you gentlemen had long careers in law enforcement prior to joining the autonomous trucking industry. You did a lot of good when you were in law enforcement. Why did you decide to join the autonomous trucking industry? Did you see something when you were in law enforcement? intrigued you? Said there's an opportunity to save lives here. There's an opportunity to do something. Gary, we'll start with you, please.
2: Thank you again for having me today. When I started, when I was in law enforcement before I retired, I became involved with autonomous vehicles in the state of Arizona. And I did a tour of different facilities and I actually went up to Bend, Oregon to do a, a site visit with a, a developer. And the very first time I was in an autonomous vehicle, I realized it can make an impact on public safety and roadway safety. And it really resonated with me because 10 years of my career, I spent working serious injury, fatal collisions. And that to me really resonated. And I saw how this is really going to change how we move people and and goods and services throughout the country.
0: Gary, a lot of. The unfortunate incidents that you saw, was that due to speeding? Was that due to distracted driving? What would cause those unfortunate situations?
2: The, the major factors with most collisions are speed, impairment, and distraction. Those are the three things we look at. And, and most of the time, it's speed and impairment.
0: Brett, you were over in California. I lived there. People know two things in California for speed, fast and faster.
1: That is sometimes true about California. Yes, and uh, Grayson, thanks for having us today. This is uh, a great opportunity to talk about law enforcement and uh, how we interact with uh, autonomous vehicles. I spent 30 years in law enforcement in California. The last 23, I was with the California Highway Patrol. My last assignment, I was uh, assistant chief working in headquarters. Where part of my management was uh, oversight of California's uh, AV program and also the commercial vehicle section, so I had the opportunity to get uh, very involved with the AV developers, and I saw an opportunity for uh, for safety. You know, with law enforcement, it's about making it home at the end of the day uh, to your family. It's you know, every day is you know about being safe and making it home. And I realized that you know the AV industry, it's all about safety first and foremost. And so the opportunity to join Kodiak. And be involved with their law enforcement policy and roadway safety was just a, um, a very smooth and easy transition, uh, allowing me to work with companies like you know working with Gary and other law enforcement throughout the nation. You know, there's a long-standing relationship between the trucking industry and law enforcement, and this allowed me to be a part of it. And you know, this role is is all about safety. It's always there is there's no compromise when it comes to safety when we're talking about AVs. And I felt like I still had something to give. Give to Highway Safety, and this was one way to do it. And so, I, I feel like I still have a lot more to give, and I really want to be, you know, continue to be involved in, um, you know, making our roadways safer.
0: The wonderful thing I want to highlight is that former law enforcement to uh, current law enforcement with Bart, there's there's communication, there there's dialogue. You communicate with other, and that and that's a really healthy thing to have that open dialogue with with the law enforcement community that's there today. Bart, you're there, you're in law enforcement today, you're in Texas. How is the Texas Highway Patrol interacting with the autonomous trucking industries that you have Gary's cell phone, Brett's cell phone, you're communicating or, or what does that look like?
3: Well, I mean, that's a big part of it. I, I talk to Gary. I probably talk to Brett once a week. Sometimes I talk to Gary once a day. <laughs> um, it, it seems, you know, we had a couple we we had a couple conversations yesterday, um, so so that's that's certainly a big part of it. But you know, when you talk about Texas Highway Patrol interacting with with autonomous vehicles, that starts, I think, with our folks on that, particularly right now, our I-45 corridor, our inspection stations, our way stations there, where where Kodiak and uh, Aurora automated trucks are, are are traveling through there, and and they're they're dealing with them and seeing them every day. So it starts at the ground level. Then, of course, my my. My involvement with with all the the companies, but also you know, Texas Highway Patrol has been a, a member of the the Texas um, Connected and Automated Vehicle Task Force since its inception. Our, our work at the Commercial Vehicle Safety Alliance has brought us in contact with with more and more of the AV companies. So we're we're kind of plugged in, I, I think, at at every level. And you know, again, at, to your point, talking every day, but but working every day on the front lines to to ensure that safety as well.
0: How are the men and women of the Texas Highway Patrol interacting with the trucks since they are actively going Dallas to Houston on on a regular basis? Is, what type of interactions are are they notified when the trucks are on the road or how are they are they interacting?
3: So I the, the answer now is probably yes, they are notified, but it's not a direct you know, email or text message, and and I believe we'll probably delve into this a little bit in, in a while. But through the 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 CVSa Commercial Vehicle Safety Alliance enhanced pre trip inspection, that be good, that gets uploaded into systems that they have, and they would be aware as the uh, as the vehicle approaches that there is an AV coming that has been subject to the en- enhanced. A pre-trip inspection, and we'll likely get a bypass from the weigh station because because no one is no one is doing driver out operations yet. Neither neither Kodiak nor Aurora or anybody else in Texas has removed the driver from a commercial vehicle. The, these these trucks were pulling through our weigh stations, and our our enforcement personnel on the front line we're seeing them getting to talk to the safety drivers or the the right seat engineer, and getting to ask questions, getting to see the getting to see the the technology kind of in action as it came through so that's kind of been their interaction to this point with with the the automated trucks
0: gary is one of the key things and Bart kind of alluded is it is it trust between the av developers and law enforcement is that one of the keys to developing and scaling your commercial operations is that trust
2: it absolutely is. And and the the part of that that really comes with that is getting out there with boots on the ground, like Bart said, and going to the way stations and going to having meetings. You know, <clears throat> I took the approach when I first started four years ago in this in this in this world that law enforcement, public safety is usually the last to know something's coming. It's going to impact their resources, both human resources and fiscally. So how is it going to interact? How are they going to deal with it? And what's and the, and the unknown is always the question. So what I've done is, is I've actually gone across not just in Texas but 17 different states throughout the country and just started talking to people, having conversations well in advance. And uh, what I've learned is information is power. And I, and I just don't do state agencies. I do local and federal. I actually worked with Border Patrol as well on a, on a, on a, on a checkpoint outside of El Paso. So we are able to establish a rapport with them. And the, the, the great thing I hear from officers is, wow, we didn't know this was so close. We appreciate the information. And once they see what the vehicle can do and what our safety standards are, it just, it resonates with them. Cause we we still take, like Brett said earlier, we still serve just in a different capacity. Cause we know what serious injury fatal collisions are like, how, what going to someone's house, doing the next to can notification, what those, how those are impactful. So by doing that and building the trust, it, it's, in, it's, it's paramount. And the other thing to that too, is one of the officers I talked to, he was a 32 year vet. And he said, this stuff's just hocus pocus to him. By the end of our session, our meeting, he said, I'd put my family in one of these cars. That really, it gave me a sign of approval that we're doing the right thing by getting out there and talking to people boots on the ground.
1: I can add to that is that, um, you know, trust is built over time and, you know, we can't, um, you know, build trust next last week and, you know, start operating trucks the following week. It, you know, it starts with uh, relationships and transparency and working together. You know, we've invited numerous law enforcement personnel to our facilities in both Texas and California to have them get out and kick the tires and um, see how our operations, uh, operate. You know, i Gary and I, you know, we we talk about cops are the most skeptical people in the world, but that's why they're good cops. So, you know, spending a lot of time building relationships with them has been the key. You know, when when Gary and I, when we show up at a, a CVSA training conference, which is mostly law enforcement and inspectors, people know who we are. They come up and they ask us questions and they want to know where we are in our operations. Um, you know, how are, how are we doing? And, um, that's just Gary and I being available, you know, every state that we have operated in, we have done a visit to those states to ensure that they are aware that we are, you know, obviously we have a driver in the seat now, but that eventually we won't. And so we want to make sure that every state and jurisdiction that, uh, we may pass through that they're aware of what we're doing. Uh, we don't want them to be blindsided. That just builds a, an unhealthy relationship if that happens.
0: I see a lot of mutual benefit to to build public safety here. And this is hypothetical. But Brett, I'll start with you as I love your opinion. Your autonomous trucks have cameras on them, they have sensors on them. Individuals and law enforcement that work for BART and various other agencies, they put silver alerts, stolen car kidnapping up on the roads to notify motorists. Could you potentially share some of that camera data to with with law enforcement when you say, hey, we, we spotted the truck, it's, it's here, and then they can go do the best thing that police officers and law enforcement do to solve the problem?
1: Yeah, you know, that's a conversation that's always ongoing with law enforcement, and this is the question that's asked of them all the time, uh, you know, that they ask of us, is that all of our trucks, you know, are equipped with a a suite of uh, cameras, LIDAR and radar, and, you know, that camera system is likely to capture crimes that have occurred. Um, We'll work with law enforcement to ensure they get the information that they need. You know, we do have to be cognizant of third-party data and not... um, You know, responding to overly vague requests for information, but, uh, you know, we'll handle everything on a case by case basis in the best interest of the public. But we're here to work with law enforcement. The one thing I would share with law enforcement is that. If you have a, an incident involving one of our trucks, let's say, uh, you know, we were a witness to or, uh, you know, somebody struck our vehicle, you're going to have a ton more information than you ever had when I worked patrol when it comes to investigating that collision about the movement of other cars and the movement of our truck. And so, you know, that's one thing that can really help law enforcement when they're investigating uh, incidents that occur out on the freeway.
0: Okay, Bart, he teed it up. How, how helpful is, is that data for you in, in the event of an investigation? <laughs>
3: You know, there's probably no limit to how helpful that information can be. We certainly respect, you know, Brett's, Brett's point towards, you know, third-party information and privacy concerns, but again, whether it's a hit and run, whether it's a silver alert, a blue alert, uh, you know, amber alert, whatever, there's probably no upper limit to how helpful that information can be in the future. We just have to establish the parameters, you know, by which we're going to obtain that and, you know, what what the what the developers are, are willing to share and able to share per their policies and the various state privacy laws, probably.
0: But from your perspective, does that increase the efficiency of the force, uh, of the law enforcement where you can properly position your resources because you know that in four miles, this potential vehicle, I don't know the legal term to use, or a potential suspect is, is, is coming up and that you can have somebody there instead of having to send them on a wild goose chase?
3: You no, know, absolutely. We and it's not just, you know, not just the the AV piece that's going to help us with this. We we we're heavily invested in automatic license plate readers and other technology that goes along with that to do just that to to create those alerts to create that those efficiencies. It's no secret that that it's it's hard to hire folks into to my profession right now. Harder than it's ever been. Uh, most agencies will tell you they are are fairly significantly undermanned, understaffed, and. Anything we can do technologically to to multiply the force, I think Gary said force multiplier earlier, anything we can do to multiply the force it, it is always helpful. So that's just another way in which uh, we feel AV technology can, can help us probably more efficiently and effectively use our, our strained resources.
0: Gary, AV technology will help law enforcement, but it's also going to help the public because – Bart or one of his colleagues is not going to have to make that unfortunate phone call if there's a a crash on on the highway, driving on the highways of America, are dangerous. During your years of experience in law enforcement, did you notice any trends when it comes to highway crashes and injuries that autonomous trucks can avoid so that family or that interesting thing can get home safely at the end of the night because your technology was able to avoid a potential horrific situation
2: well if you if you just look at our technology and and it's time distance right it's the speed the vehicles are traveling at and the reaction time to those incidents whether it be a tire come off a car a pedestrian in the roadway things like that so we're we're seeing so far out 500 meters ahead of the of our vehicle we can react to things for example we had an issue with a pedestrian trying to run across i-45 we were able to see that pedestrian well in advance start slowing down but when you watch the video you see other cars they don't even see the pedestrian they're not even slowing down so we're able to forecast that but the great thing about the aurora driver is that it its reaction time is so quick in anticipation of things it it takes that that surprise element out of that equation for example car merging onto the freeway Our driver, Aurora driver can look at that and know we don't have to slow down because we're all governed at 65. So when the car merges on the freeway, it stays in the right-hand lane. It does exactly what it's supposed to do. So it drives with courtesy, and it also just takes that, like I said, that unknown factor out and minimizes that a a significant amount.
0: I listened to your earnings call recently, and I watched a video that Aurora put out as part of the earnings call. And It was in Texas, and there was an individual who was driving on the wrong side of the road coming right at your truck. And right after the intersection, your truck, stopped and the guy decided he wanted to go into the gas station and got there fine but there was no there was no hesitation i'm watching the video you couldn't see it but then you had a simulation video next to it and you could see it is that one of the key advantages to autonomous trucks that you can your technology can see things that the human eyes cannot see
2: absolutely and it's just and again it goes to the the length that it can see and how far away it perceives that potential threat and realizing there's something coming that's not in the right direction, like you said, and it just holds. So a lot of human drivers, you can only see a, a limited view, but our, our Aurora driver picks up multiple, multiple vehicles, say in an intersection, it picks up all the cars in its lane, the opposing lane, pedestrians on the sidewalk, on the roadway, cars in parking lots. So it just picks up a significant amount of more potential threats or potential issues that a human driver just can't see. But is that a similar
0: approach to Kodiak? Yeah, and Grayson, I was
1: going to add to that is that, um, you know, if you're riding in our truck and it's, uh, it, you know, driving in autonomous mode, it's interesting that sometimes the truck will already start to slow down. And you're looking around wondering, okay, why is the truck slowed down? Well, the truck has realized that there's cars up ahead of it that are traveling at a slower speed. And so the ability for the av system to recognize and make adjustments to uh, situations that are on the roadway is extremely important you know human error is you know the main cause of 90% of crashes and and i mean let's be honest with each other we need to do better and there there has to be something that can that can improve that distracted and impaired driving is still you know a leading cause of collisions and av trucks can help eliminate um you know, that problem. You know, we believe that Kodiak and Aurora and other companies that AV trucks is the only solution to help reduce fatal collisions and make our roadway safer.
0: Kodiak a while put out a, a tire blowout video, how are you able to, to manage with a, with a tire blowout? Is there a sensor in the tire? Or how are you able to achieve that? Because I'll use the term you came into I'll use a, I'll use a Fed term because we're on Fed watch. Now you came for a soft landing or a safe landing.
1: Yeah, so uh, so our engineers. I'm, I'm not an engineer, so uh, you know how they how they completed all that is uh, you know a little bit uh, beyond uh, what I know. But I'll, I'll tell you that a steer tire blowout is definitely a very significant event that occurs on a highway. We tested that on a track. Our, our truck went into a fallback and came to a stop. As you see, it comes to a stop in the lane and that was only because of where we were. We weren't allowed to uh, move the truck to the shoulder because of the track that we were working with. But that's just another example of us trying to solve all the problems that uh, an AV truck might encounter out there on the roadways. And a front you know, tire steer is definitely a major issue. And we were able to show that we can uh, accomplish that and get that truck to the right shoulder and out of traffic. So it's uh, not involved in any further incidents.
0: Bart, are those the type of things that, that from a law enforcement perspective, that you want to see before those trucks? Role from a trust perspective that you know can handle handle a blowout, it can see somebody doing something they should not be doing and properly react.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Those types of of exercises, those types of that that type of research is, I think, is critical to build the trust among the law enforcement community and then the public at large. I mean, I think it's easy to see. You know, that that we understand that AVs don't speed, AVs uh, you know don't get get they don't drive impaired, they don't drive tired. Uh, there, we we take those. Human factors that we've talked about a lot this morning that cause so many of our crashes out. So that that's the given, but the, the the continuation of that is how do AVs handle? I guess what what the I guess the industry term is the edge cases, the the things such as the blowouts or you know their interactions with with law enforcement or other things that are unexpected. And, and I think that's that's where the the industry and the developers are working hard now is is to to assure law enforcement and, and the public that we don't create other problems. Well, we don't create too many other problems we, for the for the problems we solve. We're not trading one set of problems for another, right? And so that's uh, you know absolutely important work that that Kodiak and others are doing.
0: I'm gonna ask you a, a hypothetical question because now I'm really curious. Do we get to a point, we're gonna fast forward a couple decades in the future, Bart, where uh, the men and women of highway patrol much rather be on a highway with autonomous trucks because of the the, the safety elements and the, and the potential data that, that they're getting that will allow them to do their jobs easier?
3: That's a great question and I, and I hope so. I, I hope that the, that the technology continues to develop and that trust is built, the use cases are proved, and, and we can do that. I, I think it, it remains to be seen because right now, you know, as I Brett, I believe, mentioned earlier, you know, my profession, we're, we're skeptical by nature and that is Right now, when we when we first talk to you know a new group, somebody that we haven't talked to before about AV and the potential benefits, it's oh no, I don't trust that. And they come up with the 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 list of questions that we've been talking about for several years in this conversation. Now, And we go through why and how we think those questions are being addressed. So so to answer your question directly, I, I hope so. But two decades from now, maybe two years from now, uh, I, I think we're still going to have work to do. But again that's going to go back to that trust factor and the communication that, that gary and brett have already talked about earlier today
0: yeah, because what gary and brett and their companies are doing they're not just building in trust with, with the men and women of law enforcement they're building trust with the public and that in my opinion will help make your, your job easier when the public trust the technology i know personally i'd much rather drive down the highway next to a thomas truck with my family than a situations of, of some drugs because of the incidents that we've seen over the years Gary, we've talked a little bit about the Commercial Vehicle Safety Alliance. Could you shed some light on what the Commercial Vehicle Safety Alliance Enhanced Inspection Program is? And most importantly, how will it work with law enforcement?
2: The Enhanced uh, Pre-Trip Inspection, the EPTI, was developed and approved with industry, AV developers, and law enforcement. So we all we worked over the last four years, and we, as a group, the CVSA subcommittee with the EIM approved. It was actually passed by the board last September of 22. So what that'll do is ensure the officers on that are in like BART's group that we're inspecting the vehicles at a high standard, making sure they're road safe, and then sharing that data with law enforcement before a truck even gets to their way stations or ports of entry. So we share that data, the weight of the vehicle, who inspected it, and the certified inspector who inspected the vehicle, and then that way that data exchange we've never seen in law enforcement I can the three of us talk about it all the time that's something that doesn't occur today, so they they have full transparency on what we're sending down the road, who inspected it, how much it weighs, all the important information they get through their scale houses, their their ports entry, and that level of transparency is what's really building credibility with with us when law enforcement, especially in Texas, where we're testing right now
0: Brett. How's Kodiak preparing for the enhanced inspection program?
1: Yeah, we were involved in, uh, you know, the development of that program, just like, you know, other industry partners and law enforcement and regulators. We have CBSA uh, CVSA trained personnel do those inspections. We've been doing those inspections for about eight plus months now. You know, we've shared this with our partners for future operations. And so we do this inspection, the, uh, the truck departs, it's a no defect inspection, meaning that truck can't leave the uh, truck port unless it has zero defects. And then we've worked with uh, Texas DPS and DriveWise for a pilot program, and, and Aurora is doing it as well. Where we're, you know, starting to uh, bring officers on board to show them how this how this new enhanced inspection process works, training them on that process. So that data transfer is something that occurs before we reach that inspection facility. Like Gary said, letting them know that when that truck was inspected, who inspected it, and providing them with that critical data. We right now have had a 98% bypass rate and it all comes down to, you know, the relationship that we have with uh, DriveWise and Texas DPS in order to kick off this program to really pressure test this EPTI system and see how that's going to work in the future when eventually there is, you know, not a driver in the cab. You know, inspections of, uh, you know, roadside inspections of trucks always requires a driver to do some parts of the inspection. And so we had to develop a program that didn't involve the driver. And this is the program we developed when we tell law enforcement that don't know about this program that, Hey, we're inspecting this truck up to every 24 hours, and this is how we're inspecting the truck. They're very impressed with uh, the success of that program. And so, you know, we look forward to, you know, rolling this out in other states and using Texas's, you know, program as an example.
0: Bart, was the Texas Highway Patrol involved with the drafting of this program?
3: We were. And that that's, you know, due to our involvement in, in CVSA, we, we were involved in those discussions. And uh, ultimately, when it went to board for approval... I, it was. I, I actually took it to the board as the now the chairman of the committee within CVSA that that is responsible for that work, um, with, with our CVSA partners. So, so yes, we were, and then now, with uh, you know, as Brett and, and Gary maybe both mentioned, we have uh. The kind of a pilot, this pilot program going on in Texas, where where we're, as Brett said at best, pressure testing this with drivers in. So so this is this is happening at our way stations through our partnership with Aurora, Kodiak, and DriveWise to make sure that this is a, a viable, uh, a viable process for you know the the time when drivers are are no longer in the vehicles.
0: I'm thinking a lot from a, from a listener's perspective. Bart, is this very similar to when they're going on a commercial aircraft? The pilot gets around, looks at the wings looks at the plane does a does a pre-flight inspection is this something that they can very similar i know it's different but it could the listeners relate to it in that sense
3: i i think so i mean this is a very i mean this is a very comprehensive inspection this is this this was built on canadian and u.s inspection standards that we use enforcement when we stop a commercial truck for inspection and it's it's probably actually a little, it has several more points than, than the American standard and probably several more than the Canadian standard because they were combined and there's a, there's a, some nuances, but we wanted to make sure that, that we captured everything within this process. So yeah, that's exactly what it is. This is checking tires, checking brakes, checking lights, checking connections, tra- checking frame components and suspension components. This is a, an extremely comprehensive process. And at, at this point, the trucks that are being subjected to this or be, being inspected in this manner every 24 hours are probably the, well, not probably, no doubt, the most inspected trucks on the road today. And so that's, you know, that should be, and, and at this point, this is kind of a voluntary, this has not been mandated. CBSA has approved the process. We're participating, but but the federal regulatory agencies, FMCSA particularly, have not mandated that this be, be um, that the, the companies participate in this. So it's a voluntary thing. And another example of how the developers, uh, state enforcement, federal regulators, we're working together to 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 build that trust and ensure that we're putting a safe product out there. When 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 the developers do decide to uh, remove drivers.
0: It's while well, it might be voluntary, Bart. It shows leadership. What Aurora and Gary are doing, what Brett and Kodiak are doing. It shows leadership. It, it shows we care now. I, I want to ask this to the group and whoever, please chime in. The most inspected trucks on the road. The public has to know that. How do we communicate that to the to the public that Aurora, Kodiak, and Texas Highway Patrol is showing leadership? I'll say law enforcement and AV cares. How do we demonstrate to the public that these are the most inspected trucks on in the road because to me that's a
3: very valid important point. And that's a great question and I I think doing what we're doing today is a part of that, right? Obviously, opportunities like this, any opportunities that that of course I get, other members of my agency get, any opportunities that that Brett or or Gary or other other members of their organizations and other developers uh, have to to speak to this, I, I think it is part of the messaging that that needs to, to get out there that we are and the message is, yeah, we I appreciate you, you know, recognizing the leadership positions being staked out here, but also the the, the message is that at least from the Texas Highway Patrol perspective is that we take seriously, you know, our responsibility, our mandate to make sure that before, before drivers are out and trucks are, you know, operating autonomously without that, that safety fallback, that we take, we take seriously our responsibility to make sure that that's going to be done in a safe manner, in a beneficial, a manner that's beneficial to the the motoring public at large. So, so yeah, we, we, that's the message is is how serious this is and how important this is to us as a as an enforcement and regulatory agency
1: and and I'll just add what what Bart said it's about educating people. And, you know, probably the best education that we can get is working closely with law enforcement. Everybody in the nation knows somebody in law enforcement and has spoken with them. And so the more law enforcement that we can talk to, the more we can get that message out there about how safe these trucks are out on the roadways and using law enforcement to help do that. So I think that's really part of the key. But education is the biggest thing. Anytime we can educate people on what we're doing and why we're ensuring that this is the safest, you know, vehicles on the roadway, we'll take advantage of that opportunity.
2: Well, and I'll add, I mean, the public safety side is important, law enforcement sp- specifically, but also fire, EMS, and the motoring public. So I'm going to start training with the Houston area fire departments and just to explain them, started what I did four years ago with law enforcement, starting to build that re- re- relationship with uh, the fire service. And I think that's a key component. How are they going to interact with this vehicle if they're you know, dealing with it during an event, a collision? But also the communities we live in, where our terminals are. For example, every year we're, we participate in the Palmer Police Department's community outreach event. We take a truck down. We're engaged with the community answering questions. So it really is a grassroots, you got to start on the ground level and have conversations with people just, hey, what is that? And just walk them through it. And by the time we're done, it's amazing people people's faces, how they light up, and they're engaged because it's so new to everybody. It's all new for all of us. It's never been seen before. So it really creates a conversation. And they can go back and tell people, hey, I've, I've talked to Gary with Aurora or Brett from Kodiak, and this is what they're doing. And it's incredible. And and then they watch our videos and things like that on YouTube. So what we're doing here in the podcast is really a catalyst to, to make this successful moving forward.
0: Bart, I got to be a little kid because I'm a little kid at heart. And I remember <laughs> uh, men and women of law enforcement would come to school and, and you got to hit the button to make the sounds go. And you got to do all these fun things. And they taught you about what a police officer does. Do we get to a point when in the, the communities where Palmer, Texas, uh, where Aurora is in, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area where Kodiak is, that perhaps collectively Kodiak, Aurora, and Texas Highway Patrol go into a school together to, to, to talk about the kids? Because to me, the kids have incredible imaginations, and they go home and tell their parents, and they start to develop that trust. Do we get maybe perhaps a program like that in the local communities where these trucks were operating? Was that for me, Gracian? It was for you because I, I, they, they, I those guys. I want to say, but me, the little kid, wants to honk the horn.
3: <laughs> so I, I think obviously we we have a role in that within, and not just in my agency. Um, I work every day with our with with the our you know strategic planning division at the Texas Department of Transportation. The folks at TXDOT are working very hard on this kind of you know taking a, a big leadership role as well. So so not just my agency. We certainly have a role. As state regulators and enforcement folks, in that, in getting the message out, but we also have to be cautious. I, I'm not. I'm not a salesman. I'm not a pitchman for any of the products or or the industry in general. I'm a salesperson and a pitchman for ideas and technologies that may help us. You know, realize our goal of uh, you know, like talk about goal zero, zero fatalities. We we, we go back to two thousand and one, I believe. Now, since Texas has had a day within our state where somebody has not died, at least one person has not died in a traffic fatality, and you know, it's a it really is a a a, a crisis. It's a public health crisis. We should be viewing it that way. And so, I, I view this technology as, as At least part of the solution right you know we're taking out a lot of those factors but again we don't want to as far as planning those events i may that that may be more more involved on our you know that may be more more the purview of our our developer friends than us as an agency or a state regulatory body we're certainly glad to participate where it's appropriate but i think that really becomes something they need to do and i We we can't. I can't be in the business of necessarily selling a a technology, because that's not my role. My job is to to ferret out what works and what doesn't, and hopefully what makes us safer in Texas. And hope that makes sense. That makes
0: a lot of sense. A public health crisis. You're right. I started looking into data over the years around distracted driving and how bad it is. You don't need to look at data. Just drive down the road to see that. I don't know. Every third or fourth car, somebody's staring at a cell phone. When, When smartphones became abundance, I'm going to use the term, probably 99.999% of all Americans 15 or 12 or older have one. Is that when you saw the dramatic I- increase there from the, from the distracted driving, the drivers not paying attention that led to the uptick of crashes? Is there a correlation that you've seen?
3: I mean, I think if you look at the numbers, and I've seen kind of charts that chart the the rise of, of- smartphone technology with the rise in, in distracted driving and traffic fatalities. I think there's certainly a correlation, but I mean, I, th- I think it's, we, we also have to realize there's always been distracted driving and there's still other ways to be distracted when you're driving, whether that's, you know, applying your makeup, reading, reading, and the people read newspapers, checking books, having conversations, you know, eating a hot dog, whatever that they happen to be doing. There, there are other ways that people are distracted. And certainly, I think with with smartphones and the technology, you know, it, now the distractions have the tendency to become longer. You know, you something pops up on your phone, a notification. And you look at it, and there's, you know, you you end up, you know, watching a a video or or reading a text message that takes longer than necessarily some of the the pre-technology distractions. So yes, there is a correlation. I think there's there's data out there that supports that, and so. This technology, once again, that has the potential to to remove those distractions and and those potential causative factors for crashes and help us towards that goal of of zero fatalities.
0: Brett, I, I When I lived in California, I saw some really weird distracted driving. I don't know why. I saw somebody blow drying their hair in a car once. <laughs> so I never forgot that. And then eating ice cream out of a bowl on the four hundred five. So I've seen some <laughs> weird stuff. And you're in the California Highway Patrol, so I can only imagine what what you've seen. But You have a really, the industry as a whole, Aurora, Kodiak, and and all of your peers have a really great relationship with Texas law enforcement. Does those relationships you have with law enforcement extend to other states as well where you're either planning to operate or you're laying the foundation of where you're eventually going to operate?
1: Yeah, Grayson, for Kodiak, you know, and just like Gary, you know, we've been out to, uh, you know for us states out toward the east you know alabama mississippi louisiana georgia florida you know we built relationships in all those states where uh you know we're uh as i would say a known commodity when it comes to uh the av industry and just like aurora is the same in fact Gary and i have been in locations where we have spoken on law enforcement, and uh, people have thought we worked for the same company because the message is pretty clear that you know we're here to educate law enforcement. We're here to work together with law enforcement, and it's uh, it, it's a pretty cool that that we work together like we do, even though we work for separate companies.
2: When I think too, going to different states where we where we're operating, like for us, Pittsburgh, I have a great relationship with the bureau. Of Pittsburgh police, across the the Sunbelt states, Arizona, Nevada, we've been to those states and talked to them, and I've flown out there for their commander's meetings and had conversations with them. So it's really taken the initiative because, like I said earlier, law enforcement is usually the last to know, no input, no buy-in, and it's going to impact the resources. So when you get out there and tell them what's coming two years in advance and start building those relationships, and now you start getting invited to different events. Hey, can you come in and talk to us on this? It just opens up channels of communication that, you know, we've never had before, but also it takes that question out of what we're doing and why we're doing it. You know, safety, safely, quickly, broadly is what we, we, we live by at Aurora. Safety's first. It's always first. And that's what we really adhere to.
3: I would double down on what, what, what both, both Brett and Gary have said, you know, I've kind of got a, a different vantage point when, when we, when we find ourselves in the, in the, the same venue or at the same engagement. Uh, I, I've, I've shared a shared a with both both Gary and Brett and and others at times. And it's, you know, I get to see. I'll talk to Gary, and sometimes Gary may say, "Hey, I want to run this by you. I'd appreciate it if you you keep that close hold that for a while. You know, don't share that. Same with Brett. Same with the other developers. If it's something that's competitive, but by and large the cooperation throughout this industry how close they work together how 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 collegially they work together at, at these events to get the message out has been amazing it's it, they they do a great job of of not letting the the competitive issues you know cloud the bigger picture
0: what it shows it shows leadership and it shows respect and when you show leadership and you show respect you build trust Bart, what are your peers in law enforcement's thoughts on autonomous trucks in general? Or do they call you up? Hey, Bart, we we heard about this new company. What what are your thoughts? Or what do your peers think in law enforcement?
3: I mean, we certainly have those conversations and, and, and I think we've alluded to it several times today. I think the first reaction is generally one of skepticism, um, one of suspicion. You know, how are we going to do this? What happens when that happens? We, what if these things to death? That's what cops do. Um, and I, I, as Gary said earlier, that's kind of what makes them good cops. One of, one of the, one of the things that I've tried to share with my peers throughout the industry is we have to be careful not to overcop this this thing. We have to we have to be open enough to new things. And that and, and that means getting outside of of you know our comfort zone sometimes to, to allow, you know, like with this the pilot program we're running in Texas, that is you know, absolutely not something that we would have probably done ten years ago. We have to be, we have to be willing to get outside our comfort zone and and let the technology mature. And again, we can either take part in it or we can let it happen. And I think taking part in it is better. But by and large, our the the skepticism is skepticism is usually what we encounter when it, when we talk to a new group of of law enforcement officers or first responders in general. Um, We we get skepticism about how this is going to work. What's going to happen when, if, uh, should this happen? But as we talk to them and we walk them through that, and the biggest thing is, is if we can get them in an AV that they can see how it works, they suddenly see the potential. That the technology has to to help us with again what I you know referred to earlier as a, as a public health crisis. I mean everybody knows you know, the numbers out there all the time. What 40, 42,000 a year that, that we kill on our public highways. We we, we take an outsized share of that number here in Texas. So as they see the potential, that they, they start to to understand, mm-hmm. um, you know that skepticism remains and it should remain until, until the technology is proven and that you know. Other members of the law enforcement community get to see the transparency that I've seen over the past few years with with the developers and and the the work that they're doing with us to make this uh, make this successful.
0: The common denominator with autonomous the trucking industry there's leadership, there's respect, and there's tr- there's transparency. Because no matter who, no matter what level you're at in Aurora, no matter what level you're a Kodiak everybody's held accountable and they're all transparent and that helps build the trust with law enforcement and helps build the trust with public. Gentlemen, this has been absolutely fantastic. As we look to wrap up this insightful conversation, what would you like our listeners to take away with them today? Brett, we'll start with you today, sir, please.
1: I'll just tell you, you know, the, the bottom line, it's all about safety. We wouldn't be doing what we were doing as as former law enforcement professionals, you know, supporting this industry. We we just wouldn't do that if it wasn't safe. I would encourage uh, anybody to go out, explore and research AV technology, see um, see for yourself how, we, you know, this is going to transform the transportation agency. Uh, I, I'm sorry, the transportation uh, system that we have in the United States. And I, I just think that you need to take a look at it. Go to our website, Kodiak.ai. Go to Aurora's Go. Uh, to other locations and read about the technology. And I think you'll be amazed at uh, at what this is going to do to uh, change uh, our highways.
0: It's going to transform our highways in a positive, positive way. Gary, your closing thoughts, please.
2: I'm just going to piggyback on what Brett said. It comes down to safety, but also the research people do on their own. Don't just listen to what people are telling you. Get out and research. Find out what we're doing. Find out what Texas DPS is doing. There's videos on YouTube, we all post them up there because we want people to see it be aware how do you talk to everybody in the country about what we're doing you got it you got to get it out there and let them see for themselves but also when you look back at they try to compartmentalize oh this is how it's always been done but the fact is no one's ever doing no one's ever done what we're doing right now it's all new so look at it from a different lens try to see it from a different angle but also Think about your families out there on the road. You won't have the distracted drivers, the drunk drivers, the dumb drivers, and uh, the drowsy drivers. Things are going to change, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to help move goods and services throughout the country.
0: And when it moves goods and services, because of this nasty thing called inflation, the cost will be lower, the consumer will benefit. Bart, your closing remarks, please.
3: I guess the takeaway I would like folks to have for, from my perspective is that the interest just to echo what Gary and Brett said, the interest that the Texas Highway Patrol has in this technology is is what it can bring to traffic and highway safety. And as long as we feel that continuing to engage and continuing to work with the developers has the potential to to decrease those those knocks on the door that someone's loved one has been killed in a traffic crash we're going to continue to do that but also assure the public again that we're not here as a cheerleader we're here as a regulatory and enforcement body and if there are red flags to be raised or there are concerns to be voiced we certainly are going to do that but again as long as we see potential in the improvement of our our highway safety, reduction in our crashes, reduction in our injuries, reduction in our fatalities, we're gonna continue to um, do our part to support the development and expansion of of this technology.
0: Autonomous trucks will make the roadway safer. Autonomous trucks will eliminate that unfortunate phone call that happens all too often. Today is tomorrow, tomorrow is today. The future is trust and transparency with law enforcement. Brett Gary Bart, thank you so much for coming on SAE Tomorrow Today. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Grayson. Thanks, Grayson. Thank you for listening to SAE Tomorrow Today. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please kindly rate, review, and let us know what topics you'd like for us to explore next. Be sure to join us next week as we speak with John Hollowell about EPRI's research work and important revisions he's leading for the SAE J1772 standard.